And we're live. Welcome back to the Constructive Liberty Podcast. Today is Wednesday, April the 20th. I had to look to see what the date was. I couldn't even remember what the date was. And we are talking about how other people control you today. It's going to be a fun one. It should be really good. But before we get started, I, as always, have a quote of the day to share with you. Now, you might ask, Ken, why do you always have a quote of the day? I mean, come on. Like everybody does a quote of the day, but the truth of the matter is there's whole podcasts that are built on nothing but quotes by other people. John Lee Dumas has built amazing things and he has a podcast called The Daily Fire where he just shares quotes by other people. So I can have a little quote of the day at the beginning of my episodes if I want to. Today's quote comes from Janine Roth in her book, Women, Food, and God, An Unexpected Path to Almost Anything. And she's talking about control. When you believe, without knowing you believe, that you are damaged at your core, you also believe that you need to hide that damage from anyone you love. You walk around ashamed of being yourself. You try hard to make up for the way you look, walk, and feel. Decisions are agonizing because if you... The person who makes a decision is damaged, then how can you trust what you decide? You doubt your own impulses. So you become masterful at looking outside yourself for comfort. You become an expert at finding experts and programs, at striving and trying hard and then harder to change yourself. But this process only reaffirms what you already believe about yourself that your needs and choices cannot be trusted. And left to your own devices, you are out of control. How many times do we fall into that trap of believing that we have to look outside at other people? We have to look to other people for our own self-worth, for our own value. Instead of becoming a person who is valuable, who can provide value to other people, because that, I believe, is where we find all the answers is when we put our effort into creating value and impact for other people. That is the answer to so many of life's issues, to so many personal issues that people have. They think that they need other people to pour into them to find value or to truly become who they are. When in reality, it's the other way around. The most fulfilled people are the ones who give the most. I'll just leave that with you right there. Last week's Wednesday episode was about goal setting and personalities. And I asked the question at the end of the show, in light of what you learned in that podcast, how do you feel that personality affects your goal setting? And my answer to that question is this. I'm a CD personality type. So I tend to overanalyze things because that's the C personality. We like to think things through. I overanalyze to a fault. And then the D part of my personality kicks in. That's the driving, the hard charging, the just get stuff done. After I'm done overanalyzing things, I'm tired of of it having waited so long. And so I charge into it. And just try to get done, get, get, get through with it. And sometimes I leave a wake of destruction and half done things behind me because I overanalyze it and then I charge through it. And then I'm like, well, this isn't right. And so I let it go and don't come back to it. And so it's a battle that I have to fight with myself is 
to set proper goals and then follow through on them, not allow myself to sit there and overanalyze like I tend to do, but then to actually get the things done, follow through, finish them up. It's a balance. So I like to do a little segment or talk sometimes about what I'm doing in my own life to create more liberty, more freedom, to to live the life I want to live. And one thing that I've got coming up is the Teen Catalyst Camping Skills Workshop event. It's fathers and sons. It's for dads with boys age 13 to 17. And that happens June, the last weekend of June, 24 through 26, I believe. And the last while I've been doing a lot of prepping for that. I've been making my list, checking them twice. I've been going over things, trying to figure out how to make this event super impactful for the dads and teens that come. We're going into relationships. We're going into how to create the life you want to live, how to find a career that is a good fit for you, for your personality type, for the things that you like to do, how to even figure out what it is you like to do. We're doing all kinds of fun activities for building teamwork, for critical thinking. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't have the whole agenda planned out, but it's it's going to be a lot of fun. So what I've been doing is planning on that, but then also doing some things around the homestead to get ready for that event. And the one thing, I got to check something off of my list. Um, we have, from our camper, which we're still living in a camper while we built our house. Yes, I know that's been an ongoing process, and it will still be an ongoing process. It may be another year before we get into the house, but that's part of it. It's all good. From our camper towards the backside of our property, we go through a low-lying area and down a little bank. Well, a year ago, one of my friends came and visited for a few days, and he, I would say we, but he actually did this whole thing, built a set of steps into the side of that small hill. It's only like a six or six foot drop, I think, down the hill, but it's a nice little slope. And when it rains, it gets really slick. So he built me a nice set of steps into the side of the hill and we used slate rock to surface each step. Well, over time, that just washed out. So last year when we started my house, we had some leftover concrete from pouring the footer and I made some like foot and a half by three foot sections of concrete. And yesterday I finally dug those steps back out and laid those concrete slabs in for each step and got that done. It looks really awesome. I think this is going to last for a little while. I hope so. If we get a massive downpour, I guess it could wash out, but concrete, concrete tends to stay in place. So we're hoping that hangs around for a little while. Um, homestead updates. I talked about, you know, that those steps is something that we needed done on our homestead in preparation for the event, but it's also, we needed it done just for everyday general life because we don't want to have it rain, walk out to do the chores and slip and fall on your backside and break a tailbone or whatever that might, we don't want to do that. So that was good for everyday life. Uh, we did have, piglets last week. We had a, we bought a sow for my dad who got fed up with his animals and got rid of all of them. So we did not want pigs to leave the farm. So we got one of the, his sows from him. And last week she had 10 little baby piglets. 
and they're cute. They're running around making a mess. Um, she's very protective of them. So you can't get too close to her. She'll try to take your hand off. Had piglets. Uh, let's see. Found some wild bunnies. I was doing some work, digging up some stumps and getting rid of some trash trees that have started popping up in the area and they're too big to pull. And if I cut them off, they're just going to shoot 12 more shoots out. And so I was digging some of those up and I uncovered a nest of wild bunnies. Well, don't know where the mom's at. The nest was destroyed. If I'd have left them there, my dog would have taken them. So I moved the four that were still alive in with a female rabbit that we have that just had babies recently. And so they were doing good for a couple of days. Well, I th- wild bunnies are a lot more wiggly and they hop a lot more than the domesticated rabbits. And so two of them have gotten out of the nesting box and disappeared. I guess they're small enough still to squeeze through the wires of the rabbit cage and they gone. I don't know where they're at. So still got two of them at this point. We'll see if the others show up somewhere. I highly doubt it. We've got lots of predators around, so I don't think we'll see those again. We also have two hens that are setting on nests of eggs. One has a nest of 10 eggs. The other one has a nest of five eggs. And it's really interesting seeing the different personalities of these hens. The one hen is super protective. Like she, if you stick your hand close to the next box, she all, her feathers get ruffled and she starts squawking at you and get your hand close enough. She will downright attack you. (laughs) She thinks she is something else. And it's super interesting when you go get close to the, the hen, the other hen that's sitting on the nest, she starts acting the same way. Her feathers get ruffled and everything like that, but she does nothing. It's all for show. And you can touch her, you can move her off the nest or whatever. She has not pecked me one time. And it's really interesting thinking of that in light of personalities with people is you'll have some people that get their feathers ruffled up. They get, they bow up when, when you try to move them off their nest or whatever their nest might be. And one person's going to fight you. (laughs) They are, they, they ain't taking no crap off of you. The next one acts like it, but they back down when they see that you are maybe higher up the pecking order than them or a more dominant personality type. So it's really interesting animals, people, all of that have different personalities. If you can learn what those are and how to use them to develop the strengths of the other person or animal to help you reach your goals, life will be so much easier. I did get some feedback from an informal coaching client. For those of you who don't know or who do know, I am a life and career coach, mainly focused on teens. But one of my favorite clients, I should say probably my favorite client, does not ever pay me anything except, I guess, she cooks me lots of meals. That would be my wife. Very informal coaching. She told me the other day, she said, you just have a way of helping me cut through the BS, of helping me see beyond what I can see. 
Like I get so caught up in my perspective and what I think is real. And you have a way of breaking it down with your logic and your insight, helping me to shift my thinking and my perspective and to see what really is. Help me to get unstuck so I can move forward. So I thought that was pretty cool. I thought I'd share that with you guys. I also want you to check out a couple of podcasts. One is the Fireside Freedom Podcast. It's a collaborative effort between myself and six other podcasters. Every Tuesday night at 7, we do a live stream that's 7 Central Time. Last time we were talking about building community. Every episode is about how you, the things you can do to create more freedom in your life. It's really, it's a lot of fun, but it's even more than that. It's a lot of practical things that you can apply every single day. The other podcast I want you to go listen to is a Farmish Kind of Life podcast, episode 205. That is Amy Dingman's podcast, and I got to have a chat with Amy about personalities, one of my favorite topics. And it was a really fun chat. We had a good time. It's about an hour long, I believe. It comes out today. I think it is out already. So probably by the time you listen to this podcast, it will definitely be out. But that is A Farmish Kind of Life, episode 205. Now on to the main topic of the show. How other people control you. I have written here on my notes, don't let other people control you. But the more enticing topic or title for the show is how other people control you. So we're going to go with that. So many times we set out to do something. And... Like we have these big goals, we've got these big ideas, and and we are going to create something amazing. And then we sit down and we overanalyze it. We get caught up in the what ifs, the, the can I's, the I don't think I can do this. And we allow voices in our head. Sometimes it's our own voice. Sometimes it's other people's voice telling us that we can't do the thing, whatever it is for you, that we don't have what it takes to get it done. And before we've even had a chance to get started and to suck at whatever the thing is, because let's face it, anytime we start out at something, you probably suck at it the first time. You're probably not very good. But too often we allow ourselves to get derailed before we've even had a chance to get started, before we've had a chance to learn the lesson that getting started and just doing the thing would teach us. There's so many lessons in getting started and we derail ourselves before that. If you go back to when you were a child, think back to your childhood, five, six, 12, 11, nine years old, however old you can remember being as a child. I often struggle to remember my childhood. I don't know why. For myself, memories go behind me and fall off a cliff. It's like I might be able to think of something that happened back then, but it's pretty much gone after it's happened. But some people remember every little thing, and every little detail. So whatever you can remember as a childhood, you probably loved having new experiences. Most children love new things. They love trying something new. They love going out and going to the zoo and seeing all the crazy animals. Um, They like going to the beach and picking up strange creatures and seeing how far out they can swim. You know, if you're a parent, your kids, you have to watch out for them because 
they swim out of reach when you go out to the beach. They jump off the deep end of the pool. They, they climb to the high dive and try to jump off of that. They climb as high as they can in the trees. When you were a kid, you liked meeting and playing with new friends. You liked eating new food. No, wait, never mind. No kids like eating new food. Catch that one. You liked exploring new places. You liked going out in the woods, maybe going to that haunted house that was down the road from me. That was, that was me. I never went into the haunted house. I was afraid of it. I liked going out in the woods, but there was a haunted house. Pretty sure it was haunted that we had to ride our bikes past when we would take the checks down to the landlord. And that was pretty terrifying. See, as a kid, you don't know fear. Those fears that you have, the fears that kids have, come from people around them. They're transmitted from their parents. If your mom or dad was the fearful type, if they lived in fear of certain things, you also had that fear of those things. You didn't, you weren't born with the fear of new things. So I see some parents that are just terrified, absolutely terrified of their kids being kidnapped. And their kids are afraid of it too. They're so afraid of it. And I'm not saying this doesn't happen, but not nearly as often as you would think by watching the news and hearing all the stories. But these parents that are so afraid of that create a fear people inside their kids. And those kids are afraid to talk to anybody. It's not good. Another thing that might have made you cautious of trying new things is a fear of failure. And school, the, the way schooling is done today is a huge, massive driver of that fear in children. Everything that we do in school is judged by the percentage of our failure. You know, you, you write this massive long essay and it comes back all marked out in red. You know, I, I put something out on Facebook here a couple of weeks ago. What would happen if, as teachers, we would mark up our students, and I'm not a school teacher, so don't get me wrong there, but what would happen if we would take a green pen to our students' essays instead of a red pen? You know, instead of marking the 27 things they did wrong, circle the 127,000 things they got right on it. Help them to focus on what they got right. These papers, they get so marked up with red and it accentuates your failures. That's all you can focus on because your eye is drawn to that. You're like, dang, that's I failed like crazy. You know, or maybe in the game, in the big game, you got benched because of your failures, because you missed the shot, because you dropped the pass, because you couldn't block the the kick in soccer or whatever, whatever that was, you got benched because of your failures. You're forced unnaturally to try to improve on things that you're not good at. We all have things that we're naturally good at. I think it was Albert Einstein said, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will go through its whole life thinking it's a failure. And that is how we do school. We force kids to improve on things that they suck at. And I said earlier, we all suck at something. We all suck at things the first time we do them. But kids 
grow up, they're born with a natural tendency towards certain things, natural gifts and talents towards certain things. And the way we do school is, okay, that's great that you got that. You're above average there. Let's not focus on that. Let's focus on the things that you don't do good at. So you might be in the 99th percentile in writing or arithmetic or whatever. Okay, say, let's just say you can write amazing essays. Like you're so good with words. You are, you have a way with telling a story that just captivates people. But they want to take that away from you. They don't, not necessarily take it away from you, but they want you to put a bigger effort into trigonometry because, you know, you're right at, you're, you're maybe failing that. That doesn't make any any sense at all, right? I mean, if you're so good at writing, why focus on the trigonometry? You know, in today's world, it really doesn't even matter if you can add double-digit numbers. I have a calculator right here. It is never far away from me. Even on the farm where I have no service, I almost always have my phone with me. It has a calculator. It can add numbers much faster than I can. I was decent at math in school, but I still calculate everything on the calculator to make sure I don't get it wrong. So why, at the expense of what we're good at, do we force kids into something that they're not so good at, causing them more failure? Instead of being allowed to learn and to, to better themselves at, at the writing skill, they're taught that learning is about focusing on the things that you hate. And that is why so many kids today hate learning. It might be why you think that you hate learning. But if you really stop and think about it, just pause, reflect on yourself right now, right where you're at. You have things that you enjoy, right? I mean, tell me you have things you enjoy doing. I, I know you do. I know there's things that you enjoy doing. Right? Do you enjoy, do you like to sit down in the evening and watch videos and read books about things that you enjoy? If you like hunting, do you like watching hunting videos? Do you like reading a good story about hunting? How about fishing? How about building? Do you like learning how to, a new building concept or watching construction videos or any of those things? If you're a homesteader, you like learning new things about homesteading. You like learning new ideas and new concepts and, and all of those things. You actually like learning. Learning is about things you enjoy. If we could focus on that, more kids would love learning instead of being stuck in their phone all day long. Instead of walking around, you know, running into doors and running into other people, only looking down at their phone all the time. They're so caught up in the social media, which is ironically antisocial. Last night's podcast, we talked some about that. Last night's Fireside Freedom podcast, uh, episode 15, maybe. Is about community, and we talked some about that, about why people can't build or struggle with community today. A lot of it is the phone. A lot of it's the social networking, the antisocial social networks. 
I got off track there. <laughs> so back to how other people control us. You can see from what we were talking about how the model that we've been given of learning from little on up, how that model controls who and what we are today. Because we think we have to focus on the things that we hate in order to be a well-rounded person. But, I mean, let's face it. We don't like rounded people going off on another thing. We don't like to be rounded. So focus on the things that you're good at. Don't be controlled. See, we think that that model or, or who we are today, which comes from the way that we were taught learning is, because let's face it, everything we know we've learned inside of that box, it feels safe to stay stuck there. It feels safe to stay in a job that you might hate because that's what's expected of us, because it all comes from that foundation you were given in school of the way you learn things. But see, it's really, it's a false sense of security to be that well-rounded person who can do a little bit of everything. I've often said, I, I'm, how is the thing? A, uh, well, I just went blank. A, uh, something of something and a master of none. <laughs> I can do many, many different things, right? I, I don't know why I've had struggled this morning. I hope I'm not having early onset dementia. That's terrifying. I'm only 35. I should not be forgetting as much as I do. That's terrifying. But the truth is that true safety and security comes from becoming your own person, from developing your strengths and your interests and your talents into something that's sharper than a Patrick Rohrman knife. And if you know Patrick Rohrman and his knives, you know that he makes some pretty dang sharp knives. So that is what you want to be. You don't want to be the general kitchen butter knife that can cut butter and can smear things. You want to be surgically sharp in the things that you're interested in, in the things that you're good at, in the things you're talented in. That is how you can impact people. So back to the control issue again. A lot of the interactions that we have with other people come from a place of control right? They want something from you. You want something from them. You see it in your online groups all the time. If you go into a Facebook group or on MeWe or on Float, whatever that is, most posts there are people trying to get something from you. They're trying to draw engagement and interaction from you. Rather than coming from a place of true giving. And when you begin to see that everybody wants something from you, that can drive even more fear, make you even more afraid to step out and be your own person, right? When, oh, everybody's out to get me, I better like just stay in my little shell and not go out. But the irony of it is that when you become your own person, when you break out of that control, when you set boundaries, when you quit being the other, excuse my language here, when you quit being the other person's little bitch, they start to see you as an equal. When you start setting those boundaries, they may see you as a threat because you've been their lackey for so done the things that they've asked you to do. They've come accustomed to you doing what they want you to do. They don't like it when you stand up for yourself. 
But when you do, eventually they, they come around. And if they don't, if they don't come around and see you and treat you as an equal, then you don't need that person in your life anyway. No matter who it is, no matter if it's who your best friend, no matter if it's a family member, no matter if it's a coworker, a boss, uh, no matter who it is, if they don't have your better, best interest in mind, if they don't want you to blossom into the full potential that God has given you, to becoming everything, to utilizing every single tool in the, in the vast arsenal God has given you, then you don't need that person in your life. They're holding you back and holding you down. They're only thinking of themselves and what they want, and they want it at your expense. So now you're starting to see that the method of control is fear, right? They're keeping you in fear of losing something, of whatever that might be. There's so many fears out there. You know, there's the fear of failure. There's the fear of not keeping up with the Joneses. There's the fear of your homestead not measuring up to what Nicole Sauce can do. There's the fear of what other people might think of you if you say what you really think. There's the fear that you're not very smart. I have that fear. There's the fear that the Russians are coming. There's the fear that your house isn't big enough or nice enough. A fear that you'll get a big red check mark next to your answers on the test paper. There's a fear you won't get a promotion. Fear that your business will fail. Fear that your friends will abandon you. Fear that the car warranty guy will knock on your door in the middle of the night. There's the fear of losing someone you love. Fear of not having a nice vehicle. Fear of not measuring up. Fear that your podcast will only be listened to by your mother-in-law. Fear, 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 fear. So many things are driven by fear. But see, there's a method to the madness. Fear is what drives people into action. 10,000 years ago, fear is what brought communities together to stay alive. Fear is what drove them to find places that were defensible so that the wild animals couldn't pick them off one by one. Fear of starvation is what drove people to developing agriculture because it was an easier way of growing lots of food to support lots of people. Fear drives people into action. And today, the main method of driving fear into people is the TV. The news cycle, the weather, the movies, the TV shows, the everything on TV drives fear. It's either the hottest day on record or the coldest day on record, or we're about to get hit by the biggest th line of thunderstorms in history, or we're having the most snow ever, or there's 27 different hurricanes that are bearing down on you at the same time from all different directions, or so much fear. Everything on TV is designed to drive you into action, designed to get you to take an action. But if you look at all those fears, this is the beauty of it, okay? It's right here. You can change your life. The beauty of all of this, all of those fears, and we've all got those fears, every single one of those fears is outside of your control. I did a podcast a long time ago. I don't even think it still exists anymore because it was the first iteration of constructive liberty, I believe. But it was on the circle of control, the circle of concern, and the circle of influence. 
The circle of control. What where you want to operate is your circle of control. Then you have influence and concern. The things inside your circle of concern, the things that you're concerned about, yes, but you can't control them. And all of these fears are outside of that control. Okay? Outside. Like you can do nothing to sway what happens with the hurricane, with the thunderstorm, with the snowstorm, with the Russians coming, with the car warranty guy finally getting a hold of you. You can't control those things. Sure, you can control some aspects of what happens after that thing happens, but you can't control that thing. And can those things happen? Sure, absolutely. They can happen. But you don't have to spend your time living in fear of that, living in a reactive mode. Your best life is lived by doing what you love doing to the best of your ability. It's using those gifts and those talents that God gave you, using them to create a difference for other people. That is your best life. Doing what you can, where you are, with what you have. If you operate inside of what you can control, which is your circle of influence, you'll be so much happier. You'll have so much less fear. (laughs) Yeah, you'll have so much fear. You'll have so much less fear and your life will be so much better. I promise. Don't allow other people to transmit their fears, their doubts, and their concerns on you. You don't need that. You've got enough of your own that you're trying to get rid of. Don't take other people's things on yourself. They're focusing on what's outside of their control. Okay? They're focusing outside of their control while the things inside their control are falling apart. You need to be different. I need to be different. If we want to create a lifestyle of freedom, a life and career we love, the constructive liberty motto, remember? If we want to do that, we have to be different. When everybody's going this way, we need to go this way. If everybody's doing that thing, you need to do this thing. Be different. Focus on what's inside of your control. Let go of what's out there. Let go of what everyone else is thinking about. Let go of the fear of collapse. Let go of all the fears. Build your life to be resilient against those things. Focus on what you can control. Be okay that you're doing what you can where you are, but make sure you are doing what you can where you are with what you have. But don't be afraid. Fear is only borrowing feelings from the future negative expected outcomes. Okay, let me say that again. Fear is borrowing feelings from future negative expected outcomes. And you don't want that. Okay? You do not need to focus on future negative expected outcomes. Okay? You need to live in the positive now. Create the life you want by becoming the person who lives the kind of life that you want. That's not saying, I want uh, Donald Trump's life, so I'm going to live like he lives. No, you have to become that person first. So focus on taking the actions that that kind of person would take or did take. I've got honeybees flying around all up here in my office. I need to close some doors or something. Excuse me. You need to know who you are. You need to know your purpose and know where you're headed. Kick fear to the curb.
I mentioned earlier the Team Catalyst event. Go check it out. You're going to want to come if you've got boys age 13 to 17. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm only taking 15 father-son pairs, whatever. 15 spots are filling up. So go sign up. There's going to be a link in the show notes or around this podcast somewhere. And if you want to support the podcast, you need to go buy you a t-shirt. That's the best way to support the podcast right now. Donations, sure, if you want to donate, whatever, to help cover some of the costs of running the show. At least I'm not asking for donations, though. Go get you a little hat, Constructive Liberty on it, or a shirt. Also sell stickers, and I think I have mugs. It says, on the back, it says, Designing a Lifestyle of Freedom. So go check out the shirt, uh, shop.empoweringforwardmomentum.com. I'll have a link directly to the shirt in the show notes. Now, the big question of the week. How has fear kept you from living the life you want? And what are you doing to quit living in fear? Do good work.